ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Without consciousness, there would be no world. In this episode, Eckhart discusses excessive thinking as the source of enormous unhappiness for millions of people. He goes on to explain that it's not the circumstances of one's life that makes people miserable, it's the overthinking that causes their suffering. Eckhart shares a story from his own life just after he experienced this awakening. He was homeless and spent many days on a park bench. He admits he would have been justified if he were filled with anger and resentment, but he wasn't. Instead, he was deeply aware of the aliveness and beauty everywhere. He says it's possible to awaken even in the midst of extreme difficulties. He says what illuminates the world, without which there would be no world, is consciousness. So the present moment is a doorway that opens up out of complete identification with what has become excessive thinking, unnecessary thinking, because you, you think you need to think continuously in order to sustain your sense of identity. And so at night you wake up and you think about your life. There's no action you can take right there and then, but you're thinking about it, and usually it's not pleasant. All the things that went wrong or could go wrong, and it hasn't worked out the way it should have worked. And you go, oh, it's so difficult, it's my life. It's, and then the next day you say, let me tell you about my life. You say to someone you meet, you think you had, it, you had a difficult life? Now listen to my story. <laughs> and then you tell, you tell and retell the story, sustained by thought. And so this overthinking, this excessive thinking is a source of enormous unhappiness for millions of people on the planet. They are not made unhappy ultimately by the circumstances of their lives. They are made unhappy by overthinking. There was a time when I was homeless. Now one would have said, well, if a homeless person is fully justified in being unhappy, you would, might have thought, well, not so. I was not unhappy as a homeless person. In fact, I was very happy being totally present. I'm not saying you should become homeless to experience it. You don't need to experience it. But if it should ever happen to you, it can be an opportunity for being totally present, totally in the present moment. I would sit on park benches just looking around Everything was so alive and beautiful. 
and then my hand would go into my pocket. I would see how much money I'd left. Said, oh, I was in England at the time. Three pounds fifty. That's just enough for whatever I could buy a sandwich or something. What what's going to happen after that? My mind didn't even go there because I had gone through this shift in consciousness. So there was just an aliveness and always at the last moment something came to help. And then occasionally people would come and sit next to me on a bench and say, who is this strange person? And they asked questions. That was the beginning of a spiritual teaching, a person asking me a question on a park bench. And I said, well, I didn't have any answers. Well, occasionally an answer came, but it wasn't prepared. And I, was, I always surprised myself what answer came. Oh, I didn't know I knew that. So even in extreme circumstances, nowadays there are many millions of people are refugees these days. They lose their home. And of course one would think, are they not fully justified in being unhappy? I would suggest that even in limit situations like this, there is the possibility of spiritual awakening in fact particularly in limit situations. This is a term from existentialist philosophy, limit situation. Especially in limit situations, when life challenges you in such a severe way that it removes many things from you that you had identified with, that gave you a sense of security, your home, your relationships, perhaps even your health, all your money. And sometimes life takes away several of these things at once. And that's usually regarded as something terrible. And on one level it is. But potentially it is a way and it has happened to many people quite not the majority of people who suffer this but certain percentage who experience an awakening through this because if life removes things that you had identified with who are you have you ever brought your magic to walt disney world like hey we came to play did you tip your tiara to a creole princess or get goofy officially when we come through it's true magic because we came to play at walt disney world resort you like to watch new stuff right well go to hulu and see what's new because hulu has new stuff all the time like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Who am I without this? Who am I without my job? without my house, without my possessions, perhaps even without my relationships. Everything is gone. Who am I now? Now the ego is extremely fearful of this moment and there's enormous suffering there. But potentially there's also an opening into who or what you are 
beyond the mind-created self because there's nothing left and then suddenly after going through suffering you may suddenly wake up and say I don't know what happened and I don't know why but I feel this deep peace and I have nothing. Jesus called it the peace that passes all understanding, which means you cannot explain, well, although I'm trying to explain it, <laughs> you, you cannot explain why this person should suddenly be so peaceful. So I believe that no matter whether you are a Christian or whether you are not a Christian, there is a, a deep truth embodied in the central image of Christianity. And the central image of Christianity is a man who is on the cross, an extreme form of suffering. And ultimately, that means every human being. One could say Jesus is the archetype for all, every human. Every human being is crucified by life. Every human being goes through the suffering and with the suffering comes the possibility of transcending the ego by entering a state of complete surrender and acceptance. Ultimately, you step out of your thinking mind and what's left when you're no longer thinking about yourself and your life and what went wrong, in fact, thinking subsides. And what's left of you when you're not thinking about yourself or about anything? Is that even possible? Is that even possible? For example, at this moment, are you able to experience, as you sit there, being in that space of not needing to add any thought to this moment. Can you allow this moment to be as it is so completely that you do not add any interpretation to it? Just be it. So what is left of you right now? You're not remembering your story because you are, you, you are still completely yourself without the story. Isn't that surprising? Even without remembering all your past suffering, there is a sense of being. In fact, it's stronger. You don't remember all the things that went wrong in your life. Okay, it's, it's gone. You don't even remember your email address. It's gone or your telephone number, but you don't need it right now. When you need it, it'll be there. You don't need it, it's, it's gone. So instead of I am this and I am that and I am that, what remains is a sense of beingness, which is I am. But nothing is added to the I am. This is the what's left of you right now, there's a stillness. When, when, when thinking subsides, you have not lost consciousness. You have not fallen below thinking. 
you have risen above thinking. There are two ways of becoming free of compulsive thinking, which is this, how the ego arises. There are two ways of becoming free of compulsive thinking, the compulsive thinking that makes your life miserable, not the thinking that is useful, not the thinking that is a useful tool for creating and manifesting and inventing things and so on. There's a beautiful thing. Thinking is, is an enormous advance for humans, the evolution of human consciousness, but the way it has developed now, humans are possessed by thinking. They do not think. The language he uses, you say, I think. You don't think. Thinking happens to you. <laughs> and, and the thoughts that happen to you are thoughts that you absorb from the surrounding culture. You watch the media, the mainstream media, and you take that in, and then you regurgitate it. This is what I think. Or, or you're against it, and then this is what I think. Thinking happens to you. You don't think unless you are aware. And awareness or presence is a dimension of consciousness that is deeper, or we could say higher, than thinking. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Awareness is when thinking stops and you have not gone to sleep. In fact, you are more alert than before. And you can look around wherever you are. For example, here and now in this room, you can look around this room and perceive everything visually and listen to everything without adding any thought to it. Just be still and perceive. There's still a knowing there, but it's not conceptual knowing. There's a deeper knowing there. Become familiar with the state of being free of thinking and just aware. But that requires a certain alertness. Without the alertness, you drift back into thinking. The true spiritual teaching shows you the way of rising above thinking so that you can begin to use thinking, not, not you as the ego, but you as the higher consciousness that you are, can use thinking as a tool 
instead of being used by thinking, by thought. So there are two ways of being free of thinking. One is rising above, which is why we're here. The other is falling below. If you want to fall below, you have to walk out of here, go to the bar next door and order a few whiskeys, and then you can experience becoming free of thinking also, gradually. But you're falling below thinking. Oh, it feels so good. I can't even remember my problems anymore. It feels good. You start singing, and there's the joy of life. No need to think, just, just be. Have another one. And then, of course, you're moving towards unconsciousness. And this is not the way we are going. It is not the destiny of humanity to regress to a pre-thinking stage just because you want to be as happy as your dog. You say, well, the dog isn't thinking, and so I'm going to go there too. The dog hasn't arrived. The, the dog is a beautiful manifestation of consciousness, but is not a thinking consciousness. So you need to discover in yourself the ability to be free of thinking for initially for brief moments. And this is a good moment when you perceive the world around you without mental labels, just an alert presence in the background of your sense perceptions. And this is an amazing thing. What happens? At first it seems, well, what's, what's so great about that? It's the greatest thing that could happen to you because you begin to access a deeper dimension of who you are. And that sense of I am, of presence, begins to be your source of identity. Now, this is what I call your essence identity. Your form identity is the physical body. Your form identity is the conditioning of your mind, your mental emotional conditioning. That is your form identity. Then most humans only know themselves as their form identity. And that is the greatest deprivation in life the greatest poverty in life is not to know yourself as who or what you are in your essence. If you only know yourself as form identity, your life is really continuous unhappiness and frustration with the brief interludes when you're okay for a while because something good has just happened but it never lasts. There's a possibility of living from a deeper place within yourself. And that is essence identity. And there is no thought in it. There's only a sense of intense, aware presence. And so you can, in your daily life, you can invite 
your this space, the inner space of essence identity into your life as much as you can. For example, simply by consciously perceiving something without imposing a mental label on it. You look at a flower and you look at it for 15 seconds, 20 seconds, perceive it completely against the background of stillness. So to use an analogy, if you were a painting, it's a strange analogy, but let's use it anyway. If you were a painting, most people think they are whatever the painting depicts. You are the figures on the canvas, the, the painting. Now, if you are the painting and you suddenly realize there is more to me than whatever the painting shows, more essentially, I am the canvas on which this is painted. So you become aware of yourself as the canvas, essentially. And whatever is on it is an addition. Another analogy we could use, another weird analogy. Let's say you are this room. If I asked yourself to describe who or what you are, you would describe yourself in terms of floor, walls, ceilings, lights, maybe the furniture in the room, that's me, this, that, that, okay, you can talk about it for a long time, and then after a while you stop talking, and then I say, there must be, is there, is there not more to you than what you've been speaking about? And you would say, well, maybe there is, but I need a few years of psychoanalysis to find out what that is. Okay, you do a few years of psychoanalysis and then you come back and I say, okay, what have you found out? And, well, in my childhood I found this and it's a long story. It's very helpful, it's useful, can be useful to know. But, and then I ask again, is there not something else that you have neglected, you have not mentioned, you're not be And suddenly the room, which is you, becomes aware and says, oh, I forgot about this wonderful space that has no form, but that is the essence of who I am. Without this space, there would be no room. I am essentially the space. And this applies to you. Let's let go of the analogy. Essentially, you are the space of consciousness, the unconditioned consciousness. You are conscious, are you not at this moment? The one thing that is beyond doubt in your life, everything can be doubted. You can doubt whether this is real. Am I dreaming this? Maybe you are. But even if you were dreaming this, and just in life is a little bit like a dream because things come and go very quickly, they disappear. Even if it is a dream, what is it that you cannot doubt? You cannot doubt that there is a consciousness in which the dream appears. You cannot doubt, and you can sense it within yourself at this moment, that you are conscious, that you are consciousness. So I'm asking you now a strange question. 
Can you be aware or conscious right now of the fact that you are conscious? Can you sense at this moment that you are conscious? Can you, another way of putting it, can you sense your own beingness that you are? Can you sense the I am without any addition, not this or that or that, I am. And that is ancient wisdom already at the, in ancient Greece, there was an inscription on the temple of Apollo and that said, know yourself, know thyself. And this is what we are talking about. At the deepest level, knowing yourself is not knowing your story. It's fine, there's a place for that too. But knowing yourself is knowing yourself in your essence. Now, many people did not understand this inscription on the temple of Apollo. They were interested in other things. But next to it, there was another little inscription that gave the key to what it means to know thyself, and most people had overlooked that. It was just one letter, and that letter that was inscribed also in that temple was A, and people thought it must be meaningless, or maybe the sculptor forgot to complete the word, and it was pointed out later, much later, by Plutarch, the philosopher, that he said quite clearly, this letter is the second person singular, which, by the way, happens to be the same as in French, tu es, you are. It said in ancient Greek, you are, second person singular. Also on one side it said, know thyself. And then a little bit away from there it said, you are. So you would look at that, know thyself, you are. And then you go, I am. The key to knowing thyself is the I am. The I am realization which somewhere in the Old Testament, this is one of the great highlights of the Bible. <laughs> there are some highlights there, undoubtedly. Also other things. God is asked, who are you? I am that I am. So God defines him, her, itself through the word, I am. And Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and something else. I'm not good at quoting the Bible. I am the truth, the way, and the light, maybe. And people have interpreted this as meaning, I am the one. In mind, I, if you allow me my interpretation of it, I believe they've omitted one word and that is the word is, 
And then the line would read, I am is the way and the life and the truth. The I am realization is the way, the life, the truth. Another wonderful pointer in the New Testament is two sayings. Jesus said, talking to his disciples, presumably, you are the light of the world. He also said it about himself, I am the light of the world. It's in two different Gospels. You are the light of the world. This is a very powerful pointer towards self-realization. You are the light of the world. What does that mean? Does that mean that the people he was speaking to are very special? No, they were not special. They were not educated, probably. They were simple people. They had no social position. So he wasn't talking about that. He wasn't saying, you are VIPs. What was he then saying? He was pointing to the essence identity of those humans, the light, what is the light of the world? What is it that illuminates the entire world without which there would be no world? Consciousness, the consciousness. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.